Hey, you're tuning into the Pros of Wisdom podcast by Cold D Collective, where we share stories for, by, and about the next generation of the Asian diaspora in North America. My name is Natasha Jung, and I'm your host. This episode is produced with the generous support of TELUS Optic TV's community channel. And in this episode, we sit down with cultural producer Harpo Mander. She is the founder of It's Harpo, a storytelling entity, the producer and host and creator of Brown Girl Guilt podcast, and general manager of 5X Festival, a music and arts festival, pushing the boundaries and elevating South Asian youth culture. We chat about her intersectional identities, building community, taking control of the narrative for South Asian youth, and what she hopes to see in the future. You can check out this story and more at coldteacollective.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast newsletter and follow us on social media at Cold Tea Collective for more pearls of wisdom. <laughs> Hi, I'm Natasha Jung, founder and executive producer of Cold Tea Collective. I'm a second-generation-born Chinese-Canadian settler of color on the ancestral lands of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh First Nations, also known colonially as Vancouver. And I'm so happy to celebrate with you all today, and actually every day, Asian heritage. Now, part of Cold Tea Collective's mission is to bring stories for, by, and about Asian youth to the forefront, especially untold stories or stories that are still being written. And part of my role is to bring on some very inspiring guests folks with different intersectional identities and lived experiences. And today, we are speaking with Harpo Mander, general manager of 5X Festival, creator and host of Brown Girl Guilt Podcast, and the person behind the brand and storytelling entity, it's Harpo. Harpo, thank you so much for joining us today on the Pearls of Wisdom Podcast for Asian uh, Heritage Month, our, our special, and with a special focus on Asian youth, just trying to make it well, making a difference. And I got to tell you, you certainly fit the bill. Um, I've shared a little bit about you already, but I want to hear from you. How do you identify and how would you describe your different intersectional identities and the work that you do? Well, thank you so much for having me, Natasha. I'm so excited to be here and to have this conversation. Um, when I think about my identity, I think about all the different intersections of myself and those intersections would be, you know, I am Punjabi, I am, you know, Canadian, I am a brown kid from Surrey, and, uh, you know, I'm an amalgamation of so many different cultures and so many different values. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, you know, the intersections of, I'm also a young person, you know, so, so I have the intersection of youth. Um, yeah, I think all the different intersections that make up my identity are equally as vibrant and they're all unique. And I'm sure we're gonna get into all of them here as well. That's right. Um, so thank you for kind of sharing a little bit about that. Um, for those who aren't um, aware um, of perhaps like, you know, the, the city of Surrey, for example, um, how would you describe it as a place? Um, and also how would you describe the people that live and work there? Surrey is, you know, it, I mean, everybody says Surrey is so diverse, but it really is like Surrey is so vibrant. 
it's full of so many different stories and people who have, you know, just so many different vibrant, um, diverse, exciting stories. And it's really, um, you know, it's like a, it's like the beating heart of, of BC is what I would say. Um, because there, there is so much love and talent and creativity and community here. Um, and it's, it's, it's really unfortunate that Surrey gets such a bad rep, um, and it's represented so negatively, um, you know, and considered such a dangerous place because I would say that this is the place that I have found most safety for my expression and my identity. Um, and I've really formed who I am here. Um, and so from the outside looking in, you might not understand Surrey, but for those of us who live here, we know what this place means to us. And we know, we, we know what, what, what um, you know, sort of uh, how crucial Surrey has been in our identity formation. Mm, and I, I love that. And and once again, like for those that aren't too familiar, um, I, I guess like Surrey actually was not the um, one of the original um, kind of like areas of, you know, you know, folks from of Indian descent to settle uh, in BC because um, there there was uh, what was called the Punjabi market right on Fraser Street. No, certainly, you know, still alive and kicking. But I think that in, in itself has gotten a lot more diversified as well. And just to know that there's just this really growing and thriving community in Surrey for the South Asian community is um, is really wonderful to see. And I bring this up specifically because you've also actually been recognized um, for uh, the work that you've done and really building up that the reputation and adding to the vibrancy of the community. Um, you were named um, Surrey's uh, top 25 under 25 last year. Um, and so I, I would love to hear a little bit more about that and the work that you did to, to get that recognition. Like, how did that make you feel also? You know, I think um, the the biggest accomplishment for me when I did receive the top 25 under 25 award is um, that I was a part of a, a group of 25 young people from Surrey who have been doing exceptional work and are really representative of the kind of you know vibrancy and exciting story exciting storytelling that happens in Surrey. So often, you know, the stories that we hear about the youth in Surrey are really negative, um, and you know, it's there's not enough um, nuance to the way that the stories have been told. And so, the fact that I was a part of one of 25 young people from Surrey, you know, I think it what it what it did was really help shift the narrative that not all young people in Surrey are lost, you know, don't um, have their identities fully formed um, and are not dangerous and, and bad kids, right? I think that the overall perception of the kids in Surrey is that they're troublemakers. And so, you know, it's really, it's really wonderful that, you know, I get to not only be a part of that, you know, like collective of people who was really challenging that narrative, but I am also on the other side where I get to help change that narrative and shift that narrative. Um, and, you know, I, I actually remember like having applied for that award the year previous and not receiving it and just thinking like, wow, like I am not important enough. I haven't done anything that's worthy of being recognized, which is not true in hindsight, it's not true. Um, but I think what it meant was, you know, well, first I have to say like, it was my last year that I could get it because I turned 26 this year. So I just snuck in. Um, but I think above all, it was just really nice to be recognized for, you know, um, the love that I carry for Surrey and to be considered one of the young people who is creating meaningful change because I know it and the people around me know it. I think what it does is it just really helps solidify, helps to solidify the work that you're doing. And that's really all it was. Yeah, no, absolutely. We mentioned community a little bit here. So I want to know what does community mean to you and how does how has community really shaped you as an individual? 
Yeah. I, sh- I mean, community for me means love. It really does. I think, um, you know, when we show up in love, we show up with love, um, we support one another and we create space for one another to really experience ourselves in our authenticity and our inner expression and to really come together to achieve what it is that we're trying to do and build the world that we want to do. That to me is community. Um, and my experience with community, like I, I was raised in a way where I, I, I wasn't just raised by my parents. I was raised by my aunts and uncles, my grandparents. And so even like my upbringing was a very communal upbringing, um, you know, and so I've learned so many things from so many different people. Like my values are borrowed from, you know, aunts and uncles and other cousins. And so, you know, the way that that strengthened who I am is is really indicative of how I approach community now that there's so much to learn from all of us um, and there's so much that we all have to offer and we can really lean on one another to build ourselves and to build each other and build the world that we want to live in community is also really healing I mean I I know that you know sometimes we look out and there's this hustle culture that tells us we have to do things on our own and we have to really be independent and fierce and yes there's a place for that but there is so much healing to be found in relationships in community and um, to me community is really just a collective really big warm hug if I could say (laughs) I love that analogy and if we weren't um, you know virtually uh, apart I'd love to give you a big warm hug because I definitely you know I, I feel that I feel that love from you I feel that that positivity and that joy radiating from you um but I also sense that um that feeling of conviction within you as well to really just make a change and really as you mentioned take control of that narrative um and so speaking of narrative um you know and well it, I have so many questions about that because I know you're a storyteller uh, by heart and by nature and um but you know kind of shifting gears a little bit here so speaking of narrative um the, narr- the narrative for South Asian you know young South Asian folk uh in the Surrey community specifically is, is changing. And there's a lot of positivity that's bring, being brought to the forefront from you, you as well as a lot of other great uh, community, communities and, and groups and individuals. Um, but I think something that I'd love to like learn from you is that you know, the, the East Asian community, um, in particular the last few years, have had you know, like a really tough time because of you know, with the pandemic and a lot of you know, very targeted racialized attacks. Vancouver was like a top city for uh, anti-Asian hate and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's it's been really, really hard to see. Um, you know, just kind of knowing your experience and uplifting the South Asian community, do you think there's something that perhaps others that are possibly going through the same thing can learn from how you've been able to change the narrative and lean into joy and, and you know, lean into that love uh, that we can take from that and, you know, try to strengthen and uplift ourselves as well as others around us? Yeah, absolutely. I think something that you said, there's like, what I, what I would like to say is something that's right in your question. Joy is an, is a form of resistance. You know, joy is a form of activism because when we embrace our joy, those um, who are trying to rob us of our joy actually can't win. And so, you know, 
joy is something that we can really anchor down into and say that I'm going to experience in its fullest expression. And so that's something that I've been able to do. And what we do a lot at 5X is like, we celebrate a lot. Like, yes, we're, we're fighting against systems and we're calling, you know, we call a spade a spade, but at the same time, we really show up to celebrate, right? Like we hold ourselves and our community in love and we express joy and we multiply that joy. And so, you know, there, there is definitely a space for us to do that because that is a reclamation of our identities. It's a reclamation of our rightful space that has been taken away from us. Um, the other ways that we've been really able to uplift the South Asian community is to really form um, more like linear, um, you know, solidarity with solidarity in a linear way across the board with other BIPOC communities. I think so much of what happens when you're, you know, a minority group is you sort of look to the, the group in power to sort of empower you and, and to teach you and to give you permission to, you know, build community and to do things. But if you sort of like work laterally and, you know, you, you sort of hit up the other organizations and the other groups of people, just the way that, you know, Cold Tea Collective is doing, um, that really helps you to strengthen your understanding of yourself and that collective identity and the, and the systems, because most often we're operating within the same systems and, you know, where our fights can look a little bit different because our concerns can be a little bit different. The treatment can be a little bit different. But if we're sort of in a unified, um, you know, we're, we're collectively unified, um, like that, that jump from where you are to where you want to be can be a lot smaller. Um, and I think like to be just loud and proud of who you are, like we do that so much at 5X, like we are our authentic selves, we show up the way that we are, we don't let anyone change us. And yes, there's so many challenges. I mean, the city of Surrey is not very supportive of, you know, the creative culture, the artistic, you know, cultivation of creatives in the city. And we run into a lot of barriers when we're programming, when we're hosting our events. Um, and that's not a secret. We're very, very open and vocal about that as an organization, as a community. But, you know, we don't, we, we really try not to let that deter us away from the kind of world that we're building. That's super important um, uh, to, to be able to not let that kind of deter you. And I love, love, love what you said about building across the board, like laterally um, and, and linear, linearly. Um, that community of support and allyship across the board, because you're right, like it's, I think a lot of um, what the focus is or where the pressure is and where, you know, even like cancel culture comes into play is like just looking at, at those who are in power, but not necessarily putting pressure on or encouraging or creating space for other potential allies um, that are also part of the, you know, different BIPOC communities. And I think that's a really wonderful way to really empower others as well. Um, I'd love to learn a little bit more about 5X Festival as well as your publication, 5X Press. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 5X is one of my favorite places in the world, in the city, you know. Um, so 5X, we're the essential festival for, um, you know, South Asian youth. And um, we we want to build a world where we belong and thrive, really, right? We want to be able to just show up and see ourselves represented and to create the art and the music and, you know, all the, all the creative work that we want to do. Um, and so we have that annual flagship festival every June and it's coming up very, very soon this year. It's, it's our first big festival post pandemic, um, but year long and we're actively, you know, out in the community, you know, I, I dedicate a lot of time to meeting local artists, like going to their shows, like really showing up for them and creating opportunity. Um, the organization, you know, is really, really keen on putting money into the pockets of our artists and creators um, and creating opportunity for them. Um, for example, right now, 
we're hosting the uh, 5X Artist in Residence program, which is sort of like, you know, to our understanding, the first artist in residence program for South Asian creators in Canada. Um, and we have six artists and, you know, we're sort of working with them for, for a total of 10 weeks and uh, really helping them to, you know, a, give them money, put money in their pocket for them to do the art that they're doing. But I mean, overall, it's really just a chance for us to, you know, support artists and to tell them that they don't have to, you know, their art and their creativity doesn't have to be a side hustle. They can turn it into, you know, their full time. It can be the thing that, you know, really they do for the rest of their lives. Um, and then we also have a, a year long online digital magazine called Five Express. And, um, you know, the, the, the essence of Five Express is that it's by us for us. You know, that's across the board for the organization, but really for Five Express as well, it's by us for us. Um, and it's, uh, you know, a robust team of many writers. Um, and, uh, you know, it's young people telling the stories that they want to tell, right? Making the commentary that they want to make, um, really, you know, untangling the knots of their identities in the way that they want to. And it's great. Like it's, you know, it, it's, it's sort of making waves all across because, now we get to read something that, you know, a kid in Surrey wanted to write, a kid in Toronto wanted to write. And, and the aim is that, you know, a lot of the writers are not necessarily journalism um, students or journalists by profession. They just have a passion for writing. Um, and so it's nice that we get to also sort of um, foster and cultivate the writers as well. I love that so much. Um, uh, similarly, we share that same mantra of, you know, sharing stories for us and by us. And I think there's a lot of power uh, in that. And I think there's also a, a lot of power too in um, kind of uh, making more accessible the power to tell stories and saying that you're not just hiring like trained journalists or you're not just working with, um, you know, folks that have, you know, like a, this really large portfolio, for example, because I think that also just kind of speaks to giving power to just everyday lived experiences and giving an opportunity and a platform and a community for for young South Asian folk to, to share that. So we're definitely on the same mission there. I love that. Um, when it comes to storytelling, uh, you also have Brown Girl Guilt podcast, as well as your brand, It's Harpo. Um, how do those two kind of work together and how are they extensions of who you are as a person? Oh, I love that question. Ooh, extensions of who I am. I mean, you can't, you can't really go like too far without realizing that my name is in the brand itself. Um, it's Harpo is something that I started many years ago and it's sort of finally now sort of coming into alignment and coming into full existence of like what it actually is. Um, and very recently I sort of gave It's Harpo a tagline, you know, and I said, it's a multi-pronged storytelling entity because that's really what it is. I am, you know, such a storyteller at heart. I love telling stories, listening to stories, um, creating space for stories to just flood in. Um, and I love to do that in so many different mediums. I like to do that you know, by writing them um, through video, through audio. And so, you know, It's Harpo is really just a place for me to invite other stories in and to, you know, really make sure that the stories of my life and the people in my life um, sort of spread out. And one of the ways that I tell some stories is through the Brown Girl Guild podcast. That's the way that I get to really use audio as a medium. And, you know, the Brown Girl Guild podcast is just an archive of some of my soft descent spicy stories um you know it's it really speaks to the nuance of you know the intersections of my identity which are brown and girl and i anchor them down into an emotion that has really been in the driver's seat for a long time in my life which is guilt and so 
in telling these stories and sort of navigating through why these, you know, stories, you know, like the premise of the stories or like the, the details of the stories, I'm really able to start to undo that guilt because for me, guilt has been such a disembodying and disempowering experience for so long that I really, I want to be in the driver's seat of my life now. And I want to inspire everybody else as I'm doing it. You know, my, my own personal mission um, is to be so good at being myself that it inspires you to also be yourself. And then what I want to see sort of come about out of all the work that I do is that I want you to experience love and I want myself to be the vessel through which you experience that love. And so by practicing like crazy vulnerability like sometimes I cry on the podcast episodes um what I'm doing is really people to come in and to hear and curb the isolation that they might be experiencing in their own experiences um and to really just feel a collective space of healing and community I think so much of my life I grew up like in two different worlds um and that is I'm not the only one there's a lot of folks who are you know people of color we you know, we sort of exist in this different space than most people around us. Um, you know, we're sort of like half of this ethnic identity of our parents' culture. And then we're also half of this like Western identity of the, you know, the of the country that we live in or the culture that we were grown up in. Um, and so, you know, when you're a bicultural hybrid identity where you're like an amalgamation of multiple things, you know, for me growing up, I felt like in some spaces I was too brown and then in some spaces I was too white. Um, and I never really found a place where I could fully just authentically fit in and just be myself. And so if if all I was doing was constantly bumping into resistance of, you know, which parts I can be today and which parts of myself I can't be today, there was no room for like the actual Harpo, like the actual person that I am to really flourish. And so I wasn't able to ponder over self-love. I wasn't able to practice it because I was so much in translation all the time. And so what I've done now is create this space. And I, you know, I love to refer it, refer to it as third space. And the third space is actually rooted in a lot of post-colonial theory. And um, the, the third space is where folks like myself sort of, you know, have found their place. It's a place where you don't really have to translate who you are anymore. You can just sort of anchor down, exist and produce meaning and culture and really explore yourself without having to translate. And I think in this space is where I've been able to really find you know, um, find my voice. I've been able to practice that radical self-love that you mentioned um, and not worry so much about, you know, the complexities of my identity. I get to celebrate those complexities. I love that so much. And I think to your point though, it takes it takes a lot of work uh, to create that third space for yourself. Because um, I think a lot of the time, you know, when you're growing up, especially you, the space, or the, I guess the, the cultural safety or safety to be yourself, psychological safety even, um, to be yourself is really, um, I guess, influenced by those around you and the different communities that you're a part of. And so to be able to know yourself so well and be able to create that like space for you to just be you um, is really incredible. Um, so as we kind of come to the end of our conversation here today, asking you a couple of really big questions here, super exciting uh, stuff to look forward to from you, I'm sure. But um, what do you think it means to be South Asian today? Hmm. What it means to be South Asian today, I think um, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of room for exploration, like the words exploration, curiosity um, and taking up space come to mind. Um, those are things that might not have been afforded to, you know, someone like me in the past when I was growing up in a very different world. But I think now what it means to be South Asian is to really get curious and to explore 
yourself, your community, your roots, where you want to go. I think you get to take up a lot more space now as a South Asian in, in, in BC um, in a way that feels good for you. You know, yes, there's still so much systemic and institutional racism that is really acting as a barrier. But I think that there's so much more language available to us now. And there's, you know, in the past when I was growing up, I didn't actually get to see very many examples of who I could potentially be and, you know, things that I could do, careers that I could have, people that I could be friends with. But now I think what it's doing is, you know, being South Asian in, in Canada now, there are a lot more opportunities for you to understand who you are and explore who you are because a lot of those examples have more visibility now. And so I think that's what it means to be a South Asian in, in BC and Canada today. Wonderful. And um, what do you hope it looks like in the future? Um, I hope that we can blue sky, literally. Like we can blue sky our identities, we can blue sky what it is that we want to achieve. And I really envision there being like no boxes put around us. Like we get to be whoever we want to be, whatever we want to be in any capacity that we want to be really. I love that. I really hope that um, as well for any, you know, um, any Asian youth that is, is trying to figure out who they are. Um, I think, you know, if we can kind of remove those boxes, break down those boxes, uh, so to speak, um, it'll allow for a lot more, I guess, joy and, and authenticity and, and happiness ultimately. And I think earlier on in life too. Um, I'd love to know, uh, what are some upcoming projects of yours that we can look forward to? Um, I mean, the podcast happens weekly. So I would love for you all to tune into that. Um, and I've got a few different projects on the go. I'm, I'm really excited about starting a video series, just sort of doing a tester. Um, you know, nothing that I'm doing under its Harpo has made its way into video yet, but you know, we're starting. I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited to launch some merch very soon. You know, I get messages all the time. of like, I want a brown gold guilt t-shirt. And so I'm really, really hoping that, you know, I can do that pretty soon. And then one of the biggest things, you know, that is taking up a lot of time in my life right now is the 5X Festival. And it's happening in June, um, June 11th till the 17th. It's going to be a mix between Surrey and Vancouver. And, you know, I'm really excited because this is actually going to be my first ever like 5X festival. I've never been to like the big one. Um, and so, yeah, it's going to be such a beautiful space for creativity and artists. And, you know, like very unique, different, nuanced identities and stories. So you should definitely show up. It's not just a space for South Asians. There's so many things that other people can also come and learn from and gain. So there's that as well. Oh, I'm so looking forward to that. That's super exciting. Just, you know, as things are opening up, um, I think it's just a great way to celebrate that and celebrate culture and really just have a ton of fun as well. Um, very quickly, where can people find you and uh, learn more about your work? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at, at It's Harpo. Um, I also have a website, it's harpo.com. Um, and if you really wanted to listen to the Brown Go Guilt podcast, you could look it up on any of the streaming platforms. And if you really wanted to, you know, learn more about 5X, you can definitely follow us on Instagram, but you can always send me an email, harpo at vipc.org. Um, we're very receptive and open to, you know, building community across the board. So you can find me in either of those spaces. And that's how I found you. Um, so that's wonderful. Uh, last question here. Uh, if you had a pearl of wisdom to share with our audience, what would that be? Um, it would be no rain, no flowers, 
that is one of my favorite quotes. I have it pinned up on my wall. Um, I just think that, you know, in the same way that flowers need sunshine to thrive and they need sunshine to grow, they also need flowers. And we're like that as well. People were like that as well. We need the rain just as much as we need the sunshine. So that would be my pearl of wisdom. No rain, no flowers. Thank you again to Harpo Mander for sharing her story and the work that she does with us. Be sure to follow her at It's Harpo on Instagram and learn more about her work in making it while making a difference. Thank you also to Telus Optic TV's community channel and Story Hive for supporting and elevating Asian voices. For more inspiring stories from Asian youth, check out coldteacollective.com and follow us on social media at Cold Tea Collective for more pearls of wisdom.